0: Well, did you miss us? After one week off, Matt Ernie and Jen Gerson are back. It is the Lions Experimental Podcast. We call this episode Speed Dating. We had a ton of topics, and uh, both of us were juggling family obligations, so it was how quickly can we move through as many stories as possible. We cover kind of everything, I guess, this week, some American stuff, some Canadian stuff, a lot of Canadian stuff, of course including Jen being asked if she regrets being mean to the CBC. All that and more on the latest episode of the Lines Experimental Podcast. Well, Jen Gerson, here we are once more. Um, took a week off. Uh, great to be back. This is going to be a fun podcast video today because basically this is speed dating. Um, right. I have to get my kid to a hockey game. Your husband has been traveling for business this week, which means odds of your kids storming in are what? About 80%, 90?
1: 80%. I'm going to give us 80%. In fact, 80%. probably be higher because one of them's right behind me.
0: Okay. Well, um, you and I quickly exchanged notes, uh, stuff to talk about this week. We have eight items on the agenda. Um, let me tackle two two of them really fast right. and just wipe go. them right off the list. shoot Donald Trump indicted this week? Yes, right. This Do I care? Do we care? We're Canadian. The, I'm going to I'm going to say I care to this extent. This could go weird. I'm really interested to see how this goes because the uh the indictment was announced late Thursday. We got through most of Friday, at least to the time we were recording this. The actual arraignment will be Tuesday. That's going to be a media circus. So that's going to be worth watching just because it could be insane. And in any case, it'll be historic. I don't have anything else to say about it. And I, it's not that I, I deny that it's huge. It's just we have to just kind of watch to see how it unfolds.
1: Well, no, that, but bluntly, we're a Canadian outlet like, that focuses on yeah. Canadian content. It's not to say that there's not... We would never write about American stuff. Sometimes we do, but this is just not, it's yeah. not our circus, not our monkeys, right?
0: I don't wake up every morning thinking the lines readers need to know my take on the latest U.S. story. Right. Um, even though we, we are about to talk about one in a minute. The other one, budget. So federal budget came out this week. And we're we're going to get you, the readers and uh, the, the listeners, some stuff on that eventually. Um, but my reaction to the budget was that it was massively underwhelming. And I don't even mean that as a policy comment on what's in there. I mean, there's probably some good stuff. There's some bad stuff. We can go through it and quibble, blah blah blah. But what just jumped out at me is this was like what it looks like when you phone in a budget because you're on a deadline.
1: I and mean, I don't have a huge amount of say to say to say about the budget that hasn't already been said by a million other people at this point because it's it's all pretty stock standard stuff. But it does feel like a end of government budget. Retired, we're, we're out of real vision and ideas. We're survive some, another year. We're gonna we're gonna survive another year. We're gonna say we're gonna throw some stuff at some hypothetical climate change stuff that's not gonna get spent or go anywhere. And this we'll figure something out next year.
0: Yeah, basically just the idea that you have to say, Yeah, you need a budget. So here's a budget. Um a couple of the branding things in it, like the the HST rebate is now the grocery rebate, like that. That is, please jug me, love us. Um, this the only strategic takeaway I took from this budget is that there's not much in there, and what they're the branding of it is to appeal to NDP support. So I think that, like my read of this, is that they're exhausted and are also tied down on a lot of other fronts right now. They just wanted to get the frigging thing out of the way, so it's as quick a budget as they could do. And that brings us to actually one of the genuinely big stories. I didn't even know about this until you mentioned it. One of the things they're tied down with is the China electoral interference uh, Mm -hmm. file. And you know this better than I do. Moments ago, uh, Han Dong, moments ago as we're recording this, he released a press statement saying his attorneys have served Global News with a defamation lawsuit.
1: Now, you and I can both, you know, have we we both have fairly jaded uh, journalist instincts toward defamation lawsuits. You and I both are aware, intimately familiar with the fact that anyone can file a lawsuit. It doesn't mean anything. Yep. It doesn't prove anything. And the vast, vast majority of these lawsuits fizzle out well before we get to court. Yep. Um, either they end in settlement, which is very common. They end in apology, which is very common. Or the person pursuing them ends the just ends the pursuit they just realize it's not worth the money and the expense the other problem with with libel is that it subjects both the um, recipient of the suit and the prosecutor of the suit to disclosure and the idea that handong is going to willingly subject himself to you know disclosure directed by you know sam cooper and the likes i don't i don't know i just uh i i have my i have my sneaking suspicion that this whole thing dies before it ever gets to the disclosure stage, um, which means Dong will file his his statement of claim. Global will file their statement of defense. defense. They'll go back and forth a little bit on it. And then my suspicion is that this is going to go away. Um, but we'll see. I could be wrong. Um, I do think that it might be worth doing a bit of a blurb that's a hypothetical defense of Handong. I, 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 and I think this is sort of interesting. I think there are two things about this whole case that speak to the possibility of Handong's innocence. One... Is the fact that uh, you know he's been claim- he he's been accused of uh, speaking to the the, the uh, Beijing consulate in in Toronto and suggesting that they withhold the release of the two Michaels because it would benefit the the, the Liberals. I mean, I wouldn't be the first person to point out is out the question of, of like well, how would that have actually helped the Liberals? Does that necessarily absolve him? Well, no, because I mean he he might have been engaged in just bad political calculus, sure but i do think that if we were to write a hypothetical innocent or defense of handong that point would have to be made the other point that would have to be made is that you can't rule out that our intelligence services just mistranslated or got something wrong i just don't think you can rule that out um i you know there have been many people who have pointed out that you know the the mandarin word for what delay and immediate sounds the same and then many people mandarin speakers who have countered with that countered that particular liberal talking point by saying well no they don't <laughs> don't be ridiculous yeah. um yeah, In I asked said, I asked
0: a close personal friend who's um from China and fluent Mandarin and Cantonese speaker and their response to that idea was laughter.
1: Yeah, no. So that that's that was a bad talking point and that, that was the best talking point that the libs and their supporters could come up with and that tells you that there's probably it's nonsense. But you know what, I haven't seen the transcript. I haven't heard the tape. I haven't seen it directly. So can you rule out that 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 that's someone from CSIS or someone from that wing screwed up? No. Nope. No, you can't. So, no, you know, I would, I would, however, counter both of those defenses by saying that, you know, Handong shouldn't have been speaking to the consulate about a sensitive matter such as the <clears throat> continued hostage yeah. situation without the consent or approval of the prime minister's office or, or, or global affairs Canada. Like that was inappropriate of him and he probably deserved to be booted for caucus for it. Just, just, and, and dot, even if he said nothing wrong. So, you know, um. I have my own theories, but that's fine, but I do think that it might be worthwhile to say well look if i were to if I were to 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 make the points in hand dong's defense, these would be my points
0: yeah i I got an open mind to that if if you want to whip up a hypothetical defensive yeah. dong, that's totally cool. I did find it interesting, so last week i left the country i'm like we i'm leaving the country please no news scoops while i'm down in nevada and in the warmth and the sunshine and like immediately all all this stuff breaks so it's like great um coming back when when uh dong had said he, he was going to sue and also when that um concept of a translation error came out it was really interesting to me to basically see a lot of people who i suspect should know better kind of going aha Global is doomed. Aha! Like Dong is finally in the fight. He's going to crush them. I I am. Let's be very clear on this, lawyers of the world. I'm. I'm talking right to you here. I don't know the allegations are true. I haven't seen the documents. I haven't talked to the sources. Like this is all me hypothetically spinning here. It is possible that Global is wrong and still doesn't lose a lawsuit on this if they can demonstrate they acted in good faith and with professionalism i yeah. don't think people realize how strong defenses are for media in canada when faced with, with defamation lawsuits if they acted recklessly if they acted maliciously if they uh knowingly lied th- then they're screwed but even if they're wrong they have legal defense so long as they acted um uh, appropriately here talk to some of my lawyer buddies about this including some who know um this area of law this will probably be a slap defense a uh, strategic lawsuit against uh, public participation that's a legal defense you can use in some canadian jurisdictions to basically go this is a this is a nuisance lawsuit it's intended to silence me and it's an expedited path to get to get it uh shut down by the courts and global probably will be able to use that defensor. I don't know if it'll work, but they can try. And then I, I, to your I point, the
1: slap defense won't work here because I don't, I don't genuinely don't think Dong's um, legal claim is invalid. I, I don't think that he is he is maliciously or strategically trying to shut Global down with a
0: lawsuit. No, but that'll be what the lawyers argue, and we'll sure, see what sure happens. That. And yeah. and then to your to your earlier point, even if this continues there's a very good chance that it doesn't go beyond where it is now the two other points i would add one really quick it's very possible that even as this process continues global keeps breaking stories about this guy yes of course um and the other thing i would just mention is i find it very interesting because like i think all of us in the abstract understand why dong is in a difficult situation here right like anonymous sources are saying he did terrible things one of the things i just said to a friend of mine a liberal friend who was getting a little bit drunk on the the sweet wine of dong's imminent crushing of global was let's say hypothetically just 100% hypothetically dong challenges global global talks with their lawyers they talk with their sources and they decide to retract the suggestion that he said what he did about the Michaels that he, that he did indeed hypothetically say they should be released immediately. What dong is left with as his defense is the conversation that our national security agencies were monitoring as part of their investigation into like illegal Chinese espionage in Canada that I am now a target of was misinterpreted by the translators. Like it's a, it it's a technical win for Dong, but like I, it's not it's much still, of a win. It still win doesn't here.
1: explain what the fuck he was doing there in the first place. Do
0: you remember when Patrick Brown like declared himself vindicated? Yeah. I'm vindicated
1: told- because actually she was 19 instead, instead of, 18. of 18. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's sort of like aha, the woman who accused me of sexual misconduct was in fact
1: was 19 in fact. years
0: old. Yeah, I mean it didn't stop him from being elected mayor of Brampton. But anyway, that's kind of where my thoughts are. Even if this goes well for Dong. It has to go really well for him to come up with anything close to a victory, and even if he only does okay, he's still going to lose.
1: Well, and not only that, but you're still he's still facing the risk of disclosure. Yep. And what what the hell is going to come out during disclosure, right? I, I mean, that's that's always the fun. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Right so anyway
0: you want, you want to talk Alberta I, you wrote a column this week
1: yeah I wrote a column this week uh at your behest because I was going to only blurb this and then you were like no I think this is this is a good column so uh this was just about the the stuff that came out about Daniel Smith for anybody who hasn't read the column already um this uh video came out of her having a just bizarre conversation with this street pastor named Art, Art Arthur Pulowski, who was just a known provocateur troll gadfly Yeah you know, has been in the news every 12 to 18 months about something every year since 2006. Okay. Like, You know, just classic, classic, I insist on my constitutional right to blare my sermons at full blast in front of City Hall using an amplifier without a permit. Like, he's that, and actually went to court for, mortgaged his house and went to court for eight years in order to defend that constitutional right. I mean, and it's just been one thing after another, after another, after another, after another. another. This guy consistently refuses to go for permit. Like, he's just that dude. What happened?
0: Did he actually win the case?
1: I can't even, I know. I think he won and then it got appealed and then he lost.
0: But, like he's time. actually won
1: a couple of court cases in the in the past. Like oh, yeah, you grind these things out, you'll win a few. Yeah, you'll win a few. Um, so anyway, of course, when 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 COVID happens, he became you know the full-blown anti-mask, anti-vax, God, this is a test of God, blah, 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 blah. So he had a bunch of uh, uh he was one of the pastors who refused to shut down his pat his street church. He continued to hold gatherings, he continued to hold congregations. So he was facing a bunch of charges for COVID-related offenses. In addition to that, he uh, was accused of, um, ironically, violating the Critical Infrastructure Act that Jason Kenney passed oh, when they yeah, we were when they were doing the Wet'suwet'en rail you know, yeah. blockade protest. Yeah. So during during the Coots uh, border blockade, which everybody was like, "Oh, this will never be used against white people," it's like, "Oh, I yeah, no, it was." Um, <laughs> but anyway, so uh, during the Coots border blockade, Art Pulowski did his thing, went down, showed up, and just as they were trying to open the border, actually to let. Cows through the border so they wouldn't freeze to death and die. That's Art Pulowski nice. gets in front of a soapbox and starts riling all of the protest allegedly riling all the protesters up, being like, "This is you know God's telling you to keep the border shut. Jesus saves." Anyway, that's a that's a brief summary of the whole situation. So what the fuck, daniel Smith was ever doing talking to this dude? Like, what the fuck yeah. are you doing talking to this dude? To me, it was just it to me it's a classic classic Daniel Smithism where you just had poor judgment. Clearly someone was, was, was like, pushing her to talk to this dude whom they felt was, was a, you know, core to a particular constituency that got her the leadership. What's bizarre about all this and where the judgment stuff comes in is, like, Art Pulowski is not a leader of thousands of people. Like, this is not... This guy is deeply fringe. He's, he has a congregation of a couple hundred people here. Like, this is yeah. not... This is someone who's actually... He's actually very politically well-connected because, of course, he's been in charge in the middle of so many of these court cases and he's gained supports and followers and weird weird connections as a result of that and also he's fairly well known but he's not politically powerful yeah you know what i mean like he doesn't he's got no money he's got no actual bodies he's he's not like a political
0: organizer he can't bring out 800 volunteers
1: no exactly precisely so anyway the whole thing is like it's very bizarre that she even would talk to him one-on-one. It's very weird, very weird political judgment for her to have done that. But anyway, uh, so I wrote about all of that. I, 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 I stand by all that. I think that it's very embarrassing for her in the province that this video came out. She doesn't look good. She looks weak, bluntly. Um, but of course, one of the major problems or one of the major allegations as a result of this is this supports the idea that she is doing an SNC-Lavalin, that she's using her office to inappropriately put pressure on prosecutors to drop charges against people who have been charged with COVID related offenses. This is not so clear to me from the video, from the video and for a number of reasons that I've already gone into in my column. um, But as a result, uh, I, I think of this story, You, I kind of have been asked, well, do you feel bad about, the stuff that you wrote about the some of the, some of the CBC's early reporting on this, where they they've alleged that you know Daniel
0: Smith's been interfering with crown prosecutors. Can you can you just take a minute and recap what you did write about it because this was a sure. big deal a couple of months ago.
1: Yeah, so basically the CBC wrote broke wrote these stories that suggested that Daniel Smith, somebody in her office, had been sending emails directly to crown prosecutors, putting interference or pressure on them to dropped COVID-related charges. And of course, this is something she kind of promised to do during her leadership campaign, some version of this. And she basically kind of said something said something to the effect of, yeah, I've been in touch with Crown prosecutors about this sort of stuff. Which of course is inappropriate. It's, 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 you know, prosecutors and the attorney general do have prosecutorial discretion about when they pursue charges and when they chop charges. And this shouldn't be done for political reasons or political gain. So it is inappropriate for Danielle Smith or anyone from her office to be reaching out to crown prosecutors to do that or to be putting undue or inappropriate pressure on someone from her attorney's general office but as we remember from the SNC scandal there is a gray zone here because the attorney general is also the justice minister and is a member of her cabinet yeah. just as for example Jody Wilson-Reebold was a member of Justice Joe's just cabinet so it isn't necessarily inappropriate for someone like the premier to have a conversation with her justice minister or members of her justice minister's department and say, what about these COVID charges? Is this appropriate? Is it within the public interest that we continue to pursue this? Just so long as those questions don't cross the line into like, I want you to drop these charges. And it would of course be totally inappropriate for the premier or anyone for her office to be reaching out to Crown prosecutors directly. Crown prosecutors are basically civil servants. Like, yeah. there's no reason for them to be making those kinds of c- conversations. Directives from the attorney general should be coming from the attorney general and no one yeah. else.
0: Well, not so, only is there no reason to do it, there's a lot of reasons not to do it.
1: There's a lot of reasons not to do it. Yeah. So if Danielle Smith, so the, when the CBC came out with these, with these articles, they had basically alleged that crown prosecutors had been contacted um, directly just give me one second i gotta yell at my child they had alleged that there was this email between someone from the premier's office and a crown prosecutor putting undue pressure or interference to get them to drop these COVID charges and we a couple of months ago had written that the reporting on this was not where it needed to be because essentially the cbc by its own admission hadn't seen that email just give me another second i gotta yell my kid he put the Roomba on but anyway so um (laughs) where was i so uh
0: the CBC had reported on emails that hadn't seen
1: yeah so and this is where you and i kind of went like you can't report on documents existing. Like it's it's unwise to report on hearsay of documents existing, Like right? yeah.
0: You might've just heard something I didn't. What just happened? Was there a lot?
1: Oh, my daughter's screaming in the background. You can't hear that? No. Okay. Elizabeth, please be quiet.
0: <laughs>
1: quiet for a few minutes. Okay, bud?
0: It. I promise you, it does get easier.
1: Okay. Um. But anyway, so the CBC reports on this, and we were a bit like, they didn't meet this, the reporting bar for this. You can't just, you know, a source tells you that, a, that an email existed, but you've never seen the email. That that's really flimsy, unless it's like multiple sources, or you know, like, that's really flimsy. So of course, when Danielle Smith, uh, when this first came out, Daniel Smith in office said that they scoured all of the doc, all of the emails between her office and the crown prosecutor's office and found no evidence of any of this emails. And so anyway, we basically pointed out like, this is, this is, this is flimsy for an allegation of that nature. That's really flimsy stuff to go on. And chances are what Daniel Smith was intending to say and what she later said, she was meaning to say is I've been in contact with the members of my justice department. And yeah. she was kind of conflating prosecutors and justice department, which again is embarrassing and shitty of her, but like, Par for the course,
0: and that's and that's what people were asking you. Hey, do you regret your earlier take on the CBC? Yeah, essentially.
1: And and my point is, no, I still think that reporting on the allegation of an email or a document that you haven't seen with based on no other sourcing is really weak. I think you are signing yourself up for some significant trouble by doing that. The other thing that I would say is, I don't think that this video while it certainly could lean a reasonable person into this direction, I don't think this video that came out this week is slam-dunk evidence that the premier is interfering inappropriately in cases. I think it certainly is embarrassing for her. I think the video was ill-advised and showed poor judgment. But there's two reasons why I'm not convinced that this is slam-dunk proof that she's interfering. One is that... um it, in the, in the video, she says, uh, something to the effect of, oh yeah, we've been talking weekly with our prosecutors about COVID related cases. And the problem is that again, we're conf- she's consistently at that time period conflating prosecutors with just members of the Justice Department and she had a history of doing it at that point. So is that what she was she just talking off the top of her head? Was she blowing smoke up Art Pulowski's ass? I don't know. And then the other thing that makes me not think that this is quite the slam dunk is that at the time that she had this call with Art Pulowski, which was in January, Art Pulowski, to my knowledge, had no outstanding COVID-related cases. Hmm. Which means he he did have some outstanding cases related to the kootz border blockade but there was no outstanding covid related cases which means that daniel smith couldn't have been talking to crown prosecutors about art Pulowski's covid related cases every week because if she had been she'd known there were no outstanding cases at that point so you know uh, you know it's 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 i don't it's it's messy it's a complicated story but I mean, I think it might be worth a blurb that, I don't know, maybe this isn't worth a blurb. It's up to you. I can write a blurb if you want. But essentially, I still don't think that this is the slam dunk proof that.
0: No, I would write it. I, this is all okay. interesting. I mean, the reason I liked your column, oh, it's twofold. First of all, you and I were talking on the phone yesterday and you were basically saying, this is all the breaking news stuff. Because I don't follow this stuff that closely. And I said to you, is this a big deal? And you were your original instinct was no but the longer you talked about it, the more fired up you were getting. And I was just like, let's just hang up the phone and go write it. Yeah,
1: just go like, write it. Stop yeah. talking. Like, go yeah, write.
0: like don't wait, don't blow all the steam off on the phone with me. Go put it in a column and we'll go make some money on it. And that's that's what you did. And people ended up loving the column. And I saw it circulated widely. So the other thing that I really liked about it was just I had I follow the general politics of Alberta. So when you're saying that Smith has terrible judgment, yeah, I believe that. When you're saying that she doesn't understand the difference between a bureaucrat and a prosecutor and conflates the terms and gets herself in trouble, plausibly, yeah, I I can believe that. What I had no idea about was the backstory of the uh, Palofsky or Palowski guy. Yeah. And when you like that was a missing piece that really made a lot of this snap into place with me. So if you want to follow up on that, I would say do that uh, for sure. Uh, I think it would be worth reading. We have three items left, left on our list we here. We're going
1: to blow through them like crazy.
0: I've got like six minutes before I got to head off to the all hockey. Do right. Right you want
1: to just like list them all first?
0: The Mass Casualty Commission has come out with its report. It is 3,000 pages long. It covers a lot of stuff. Um, a gun control, it covers intimate partner violence, But the main attention seems to be on reform of the RCMP. The feds, in a normal circumstance, probably would have welcomed another club to use on the gun control front, given all the recent problems they've had on this. I don't know if they'll touch it again. Maybe, maybe not. I honestly don't know. I'm pretty confident this exhausted, burnt out anti-deliverology government is not about to embark on structural reform of the Royal Canadian Magic Police. It's just like...
1: Do we want to do a blurb or should we just try and commission a
0: column on this? I would probably go commission a column. Okay, I think we, just, I think like
1: let's skip this for the dispatch though, because it's worth a column.
0: Um, I'm going to propose also we skip um, the uh, tour star uh, part of the podcast just for sure. time, but maybe let's not,
1: let's not, let's not pick on, I mean, I don't know if you want me to write a blurb on it, but let's not pick on Beethoven, the Toronto
0: star. If you want to write a blurb on it, do it. The only item left on the list is the debacle in Nashville
1: oh my god this is i literally described this as a pick your own trench of the culture war that's what this terrible tragedy is
0: so my understanding is someone uh who was correct me if i'm wrong born female identified as male
1: mm-hmm. trans ha- trans tra- a tra- a
0: tra- i just didn't know what trans in which direction i think born yeah. male identified yeah. uh female uh you know, born
1: female identified male
0: okay born female identified as as male attacked a uh christian elementary school in yeah. nashville yeah. we've been learning as we always do more about the shooter uh we've been learning about uh mental health issues we've been learning about a troubled background a troubled family situation
1: of course, uh, of course. Uh,
0: three dead three dead staff three dead nine-year-olds uh the, the body camera video of the uh police killing the shooter is is available and it's gripping i kind of one of those things where i, I watched it once and i'm never going to watch it again um the point i think you know i don't i don't want to belabor the point like it's this is the kind of nightmare scenario stuff that you and i and a lot of other people have been consistently worried about in the united states um you can only ramp the rhetoric up so high before someone does something like this and now i'm wondering how long it'll be until that some trans rights events yeah yeah or at a drag queen story hour or whatever it happens to be how long until someone shows up and blows away a bunch of people and justifies it as retaliation for our murdered christian babies
1: i mean at the other problem in all of this is this is the this is the thing that i think that you and i try to get across to people who are fighting culture war battles without being aware that they're fighting culture war battles is that it's never one-sided Oh, you, never yes, win there's been, you never win it they're the only answer is to retaliate and to escalate that's the only that's the only path that's the only direction this goes so one of the big issues is is you know there's been a lot of very appropriate um scrutiny on the stuff the stuff that the far right's doing on trans issues their trans laws the the, yeah. the there's the, the, they they've had the book book bannings there's absolutely been that shit out there it's been clearly over the top it's obviously harmful and unnecessary the use of groomers is back in fashion i find that term to be totally inappropriate and homophobic and at the same time moral panics don't happen in a vacuum moral panics will happen when you've got two sides in highly extreme polarized situations beating yeah. off one another and to pretend that the trans side hasn't also been extremist is disingenuous because for yeah. the last several years you've had trans threatening to kill people Mm-hmm. Increasingly amping up a highly, highly um, amplified rhetoric, claiming they're being genocided, claiming that they're being you know all kinds of things. And of course, in that kind of environment, you have people who are disturbed and mentally unwell using ideology to justify a push toward violence. I mean, that's that's how this happens. It happens whether you're an ISIS or you're a far right or you're a neo-Nazi or anything else. So you know, um, you know, you have in this case a reactionary far right that has gone crazy on trans issues, that is reacting to an increasingly uh, reactionary trans rights activist group. And they're feeding off of one another in a really vicious and nasty retaliatory cycle. And this particular narrative You've got guns. You've got Christians. You've got children yeah. getting killed. You have trans activists. You you have literally every element for a perfect culture war shit show because no matter how you look at this story, depending on your priors, you're going to find what you're looking for. It's, it's a real nasty case.
0: I know. It's you, you can never be glib when you've got three dead nine-year-olds, but it, it's, it's a perfect brew. It's yeah. like this is like if we distilled the culture war down into one incident, it would look so
1: one awful tragic incident. It would look like a lot
0: this. like this. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I say that fully mindful of the fact that now someone will probably go out and do something even more horrifying. But no, that, that I think you've said it well. Um, and I've always said culture wars are like nuclear wars. You, you can't win them, but you can destroy everything trying. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's i don't know it's uh, i again i i know i'm at a loss for words here which isn't great on a podcast or a video but like,
1: again this is this is this is an american story i don't want to necessarily belabor it but it's dead kids and i think that that probably if we do a blurb and it'll just be like look obviously this is heartbreaking this is literally both of our worst nightmares i would die inside if anything happened to my little guys two kids so,
0: for me and my wife's a teacher like this is literally uh, yeah, my nightmare this
1: is this is this is what you what you what keeps you up at night um But I do think there is something to be said about just the fact that this is perfect storm culture worship.
0: And and just an appeal to chill the fuck out to everybody, because the stuff that happens online spills out into elementary schools near you.
1: Well, and I thought, but uh, the the more you're online getting exposed to the most extreme elements of the other side, the more you are going to be prone to radicalize yourself.
0: Yep. No, you have to, con. you almost, if you spend any time online, you have to be consciously aware of that and de-radicalize yourself as best you can. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh children, I got to go take mine to the hockey rink. Um we have some budget stuff coming in. Uh I'm going to propose that I can write the Nashville blurb, I can write um the uh, lawsuit blurb and I can write a quick uh budget blurb. Do you want to handle CBC um Daniel Smith? Uh
1: Daniel uh, Smith and I'll and I'll do the hand-on stuff?
0: Yeah, okay. Yep.
1: I can also do the Nashville if you want.
0: Well, you know what? Let's just you know what? Let's just email it and figure out what we're gonna do because I don't know okay. how much budget stuff we have coming in.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be huge. I don't think we've gonna okay. have a huge amount of budget,
0: but well fun to be back. What a wild week in the news. Uh, the yeah. funny thing is too, I spent all week getting caught up on my email from last week and I finally finished today. So as of next week, I'll actually know what's happening.
1: And meanwhile, I on the other hand have been totally screwed because it's been spring break spring and my husband's traveling, friends. so I've been yeah. boned.
0: Well, we'll be Not back in a fun at, way. We'll be back full power next week. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. Good to have you back here on uh, the podcast. Well, thanks for listening, folks. Great to be back with you. It was nice to have a week off, but we do miss talking with you about all these things. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. This has been the latest episode of The Lines Experimental Podcast.